stop bothering my kid? Sorry. Arthur, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> this is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. And finally, in a world where everyone thinks they can do my job, check out this guy. When I was a little boy and told people I was going to be a comedian, everyone laughed at me. Well, no one's laughing now. You can say that again, pal. Wasn't it? For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. You think this is funny? <laughs> is this a joke to you? <laughs> Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? This is download number seven, I believe. This season, yes, yeah. I believe so. Number six. I am your host, Darren Jenkins, along with my co-host, Chris Saunders. Welcome to the podcast today. Um, this is, I'm kind of very excited about this one, because... Let's take, let's take it easy. This is rare air for us. We don't get to do a lot of movies right around when they've been released, and so... With all the conversation online, I thought it was a perfect time for us to do Joker, the 2019 film that was just released last week, directed by Todd Phillips. For those of you who don't know, he also did The Hangover in 2009, War Dogs in 2016, A Star is Born in 2018, and Old School. A lot of... Of, (laughs) All over the place. Yeah, dude. I mean, pick a side. Um, I think I also mentioned to you recently we should do the Hangover. Yeah, we should. Back on that as well. Yeah. 
It's pretty dope. Um, this was also produced by him and Bradley Cooper and Emma Tellinger, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and I will read a little bit about this. Forever alone in a crowd, failed comedian Arthur Fleck seeks connection as he walks the streets of Gotham City. Arthur wears two masks. The one he paints on his face for his job as a clown and the guys he projects in the futile attempt to feel like he's a part of the world around him. Isolated, bullied, and disregarded by society, Fleck becomes begins to a slow descent into madness as he transforms into the criminal mastermind known as the Joker. Oh, I, should, I, should I have said that with you? That would have had more gravitas. Yeah. Um, I just want to start this whole thing out by saying, because we're going to have to have a discussion about mm-hmm. the controversy you mentioned, this is a character based on a comic book. Thank you. So I just want to start off by saying that. Yes, this person does not exist. He's not coming to get you. And, you know, obviously his issues were exaggerated in a lot of ways to speed up the process of telling his descent into madness. So, while there are people who are freaking out online, um, just chill. It's just another movie. It really is. Yeah, I think I was reading or watching something. No, I'll read an article talking about this and like media or you know entertainment spurring like spurring on violence. Right. I'm like, listen, right. it's the same conversation people had in the '90s with video games and you know Grand Theft Auto. Just take care of your children, all right? Exactly. <laughs> That's the message. <laughs> That's really the message, right? I mean, um, yeah. So I mean, there's been you know one of the reasons why I wanted to do this movie. One was obviously because. I mean, I, for me, it was a great performance, but more importantly, really, because there's so many conversations mm. happening online around various pieces of this film, um, I just, I don't understand why. Like, no one complained when Heath Ledger did his version of Joker. Like, it, no one's like, oh my God, we shouldn't talk about mental people. It's, Seriously, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like part of it is you really kind of take you don't have Batman in this movie, right? Right, and that takes away like the, the counterweight, uh, <laughs> and people just don't know how to deal with that. Right. It's an origin story, okay? Like, right. they did it with Venom. Yep. They're doing it with some other villains. Yep. Like, it's, They've it's, done it's an it origin with story. Every every comic book character that comes out has an origin story, yeah. most likely. Mm-hmm. Iron Man did his. Captain America did his. And this is the main villain of Batman, like the villain. Like the dude. there's an origin origin story, even if it's different. And I also read something like there over time there've been dozens and dozens of origin changes of yep. or Joker. Yep. This is just another one. Yeah, and and at least we forget that one of the darker graphic novels and actually right now playing on HBO is The Killing Joke, mm-hmm. which. To be honest, is pretty like there are some of his anime that are pretty freaking dark. I haven't read it. I've heard of it. And oh. like, yeah, it's it's known as one of the darker, yeah, <laughs> comic book you know stories and ever. And there's been a few of the Batman um, ones that were dark. Uh, in, um, Under the Red Hood, which mm-hmm. was really dark. I mean, that's you don't get much darker than basically killing Robin and and. Beating Joker to death, almost basically. I mean, so 
Get over it, people. Let's let's move on. It's just a movie. And, and that being said, I don't know if you saw this, but this film mm. has already won a Golden Lion. Really? <laughs> it's won a best film for, for uh, I guess, Khan. Already? And it won, which is good for our purposes, uh, a Soundtrack Stars Awards Best Soundtrack. So. Wow. Okay. So that should give you a pre uh, pre preview into what's going to happen. Don't come. Oscar time is going to be fun because there's going to be a lot of people that will. Because Hollywood loves Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. You so. know. Even and, when they pretend not, like when he went on his like little crazy stint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they love him, and because he represents the true artiste in Hollywood. You know, a guy who just comes in, does his work, goes home. You know, he's not on every talk show and magazine. And he's not being picked as, you know, the best-looking dude. Of the, he's just an actor, and I think they like him, so I think that bodes well for him come awards time. But I don't know if, as good as this movie was, I'm not sure it's going to get a lot of love from the film side. The script might, I think. Um, I mean... We're gonna talk about yep. Joaquin. Like, yep. clearly he did some of that uh, Christian Bale body changing <laughs> for this uh, show, for this movie. And you don't think he was that anorexic? No, they said he lost like forty pounds for this movie. Oh, well, yeah. um, but also, of course, Robert friggin' De Niro's in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was an interesting pick for a late night show. <laughs> yeah, he was host. so so. Um, I didn't even know how to, how to, he was, I don't know how to Yo, say. have you ever seen him dance before? <laughs> Yo, have you ever seen him smile before? No. <laughs> uh, and then Zazie, I hope I'm pronouncing her, Zazie Beats. Yes. Um, who was in Deadpool 2. Yep. I really liked her in that, so when I saw she was in this, I found it interesting. I think she did a good job as well. Yeah. It was a good, the casting was, um, the casting was, was, I think, fitted for this movie just mm-hmm. like kind of perfectly awkward you know in a way well, that was one of the things like with casting is um what did you think of Thomas Wayne Thomas did Wayne did not like him I've seen better Thomas Wayne's before I also well, well okay. he, was, he was super not Thomas Wayne he wasn't he was like a antithetical Thomas Wayne he was just so yeah it was just like because, I mean, in the, in the in previous iterations of Batman, when Thomas Rain, Rain, uh, Wayne has talked about, he's he's almost revered. People love this man. I, I, re- I read an article that said saintly. The word was like yeah. saintly. That's like, I felt like I didn't like him. Especially comparing it to um, oh, the first, uh, Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. Where he's this, like, loving father. Yeah. Like, it's almost the complete opposite, like, of this one was was like I am here. He's saying I am here right. to save them, save right. the poor people. Right. Whereas Thomas Wayne in Batman Begins just is did. like, you know, some people, you know, some people just need more help than others. And right. Like, we've been fortunate enough. So, this is just like almost complete opposite. This dude had a lot of like, I felt like he Masculine, had a little ar- arrogance, arrogance over masculine, yeah. <laughs> and it just it didn't fit the like it didn't fit in like okay I get it they're trying to. Like this you, is something you, different. You, you can't have a saint, right, with a um, neglected child, like right. you know, like so. Which that was a very odd weird. choice. Yeah, but that being said, 
it added impetus to why Arthur was the way he was, I suppose. Yeah, that, um, the, the opening scenes in which he's dancing out there on the sidewalk twirling the sign mm-hmm. and stuff. But, well, so that scene there is actually in my hometown of Newark. <laughs> and the theater that's there is actually a theater I went to when I was a kid. And don't, don't worry, he doesn't live there anymore, people. Well, it, it, it was <laughs> like, yeah, like it almost... It felt like it was. Yeah, it was because that's exactly what my town was like. Like that could have happened to you. For right. I don't know if I've said this on the uh, on the podcast before, but I've said it to other people, which uh, is driving like from somewhere else in Jersey and on the I nine five heading past Newark one year, seeing <laughs> a, a big bill, a huge billboard that says "Please stop, help stop killings in Newark." So, if that gives you a little idea. Why Newark was the best place to film some of Gotham, of this Gotham City. I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> I think you do. But speaking of Gotham, you know, they really set the tone. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the first scene where, when Arthur is staring in the mirror, like, mm-hmm. putting his makeup on, like, mm-hmm. messing with his face to do a smile and a frown, like, already, like, freaky. Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and you hear on the, uh, the radio, they're talking about, like, super rats and, like, garbage strike and, like, you hear about po- poverty and less crime and whatever. So they're setting the stage of this Gotham that this guy has been born and raised in. And as I said earlier, I saw a, a, a interview with the with the director mm. speaking about the first scene. And what did he say? One of the things he said is, uh, every scene in this movie was supposed to be unsettling. So right from that first scene, um, you see it. Uh, I don't know if you noticed when he's messing with his face and like a tear comes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, first take. <laughs> just happened. I don't think it was planned. What? It just came in perfect. So Joaquin strikes again. And um, he actually s- says um, in this scene, Arthur is deciding whether his life is a comedy or a tragedy, <laughs> a theme that comes back later on. But you see that physically... Um, manifest in him making the smiley face putting his fingers in the sides of his mouth and making a smiley face and that so there's a I was listening to him being interviewed on ID10T podcast with Chris Hardwick ID10T yeah I know and uh, he was talking about the scene where um, they after they fired him he goes outside and he starts kicking trash because he's so frustrated and whatever Mm -hmm. and then you see him like sit down he's like well, you know, I actually sat down because I, I actually broke my toe. <laughs> so, so we just kept it in there. It was I, like, I, I had a feeling because it, it, when he fell, it didn't look intentional. <laughs> no, he said it was that was all just happening. He's like, yeah. He's like, let's just keep it in. There's a scene in um, I don't know if you know Lord of the Rings. I think uh, the Two Towers. Mm-hmm. Where uh, let's try to say this quickly. Where the two hobbits like get killed, like supposedly get killed, mm-hmm. and uh, Viggo Mortensen's character like gets mad and like kicks this helmet. Like it wasn't it was improvisation. Right. Broke his toe, huh. but but like his reaction is just like he kicks it and he like screams and goes down to his knees. <sighs> so he's kind of in pain, so that didn't seem unnatural. My toe. <laughs> yeah, like oh my friends, my toe. You know, interchangeable. So. It's not the first time Sometimes things like this have happened. pain is motivation. Well, Django as well. Really? Leonardo DiCaprio, when he, he smashes his hand on the on the table and he starts bleeding and he like puts his hand through his hair and his oh. blood. That was an accident, man. 
Really? So you have guys that really are dedicated to like the scene. <laughs> you use it. You gotta. That's yeah. method acting. Mm-hmm. I'm acting. <laughs> uh, the, so the, it's funny that you know uh, Todd says that um, every scene is meant to be unsettling because it was like even the simple scenes, like where him and his mom are sitting on the bed watching that show, mm-hmm. like just the. Um, the, the the cinematography for the scene and you know he, he gets on the he takes his socks off and you know he's getting off and it's, you're like like in my mind I'm thinking dude you're how old are you hanging exactly. out you know like seriously like I don't I, mean, I try to think back like like was that ever even a thought in my mind at some point I'm a grown man I get my getting better with my mom well, I, I I think with that in mind, I mean, I talked about setting up Gotham as this, you know, shithole and, and also setting up the character. Right. I, this movie could have been easily been more than two hours. Oh, they did a absolutely. really good job in keeping it down because within that scene and just getting ready for his job, mm-hmm. getting jacked, getting home, you know, you set up, uh, he's a clown. Yep. That's his job. Like, yep. Okay, that, that's already whack. Um, lives with his mother. And then we find out like the mental condition on the bus with oh, the kid, yeah. but he, he let la- you know. So he's this condition where he just laughs when he's uncomfortable or yep. upset or whatever. Um, and then he's in therapy and he's living in a shitty apartment with his mom. So like they set up they all set of this pretty smoothly and yeah. quickly. So yeah, that's that's interesting you said that because it sound, I feel like in like this movie was basically a collection of stories hmm. and like you. The, and they, they were really good about being economical on how they told each of the stories in, in the show, and then they fit them like almost like these cubes and in rows to kind of say, you know, as a progression. Like it, it totally made sense because it was a lot of like it could have gone off the rails real easily, mm-hmm. trying to get to that in. Like I feel like the end result of having this maniac, right? You could have seen that in result that 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 thing and been like trying to rush to get there because mm-hmm. so many people, like this has never been done on this level. Like they've told, they've they've had background stories, but I don't think they've ever done one that was so so like detailed in a way that made you go at the end of the movie, oh, yeah, yeah that that would make me want to be a crazy motherfucker too. I mean. I also think, um, I guess the way you described it, like doing in these short individual stories, I think also helped develop like a simplicity in the story, right? Mm-hmm. Where there could have, like you said, been could have been overcomplicated. Yep. And I think it was simple to understand. Yep. Oh, absolutely. You yep. know, he. This is his life. Kind of sucks. This city sucks. And these are events that are happening right now. Like it's, it was very nicely laid out. Mm-hmm. So um, I would love to see the storyboard for this. Al- almost, yeah, almost to a point where I did. I don't know if you expected that twist. Which one? The Zazie's character. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, that's great. Like, why is he? Cause so he starts like seeing his neighbor, and and I'm like, yeah. oh, so how is he gonna go crazy? Like, he's got this like cool girl, but but she's also like reinforcing his bad behavior like yeah and and then it got to the point where it's like the reveal which is this was all in his fucking head and i'm just like six cents shit i 
I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming at Me all. Me either. Because like, because initially, logically, you're like, "There's no way he can get this fucking beautiful woman." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but then it starts happening, and like you're like, "Oh, oh but then, okay." But then, like in his head, he's being super charming. So we, but that's what we're seeing, and we're like, "Oh, oh, he, he can actually be like a normal human being." And well, then when it comes to the time when the reveal comes, I'm like, "Oh damn." Well, it was there for us, but we kind of think they like did a good job. They of, made it, of, yeah, they're like. She comes in and catch, she catches him following her, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to believe she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they built it in such a fucking amazing Which way. Which is also a funny line when she's like, I was hoping you were going to come in and rob the place. Like, oh, yeah. I have a gun in the back. Like, <laughs> I have a gun in the back. We can do that right now. It was just, that was. Which is a funny, kind of charming line, like, yeah. right? Like, so I think, I think I, that might be the line and the point in which we were like, mm. oh, okay, cool. Like, all right. And it was. In the direction of how they did it, where, he, like, they made a point to not have her in a part of the scene, and then have her come to the door knocking, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to always having her focus as a focus of that 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 moment. Like, it doesn't occur to you that maybe he's imagining this shit happening. No, so, this, that shit was that dope. So if we're gonna talk about. I mean, like, I think we're doing a good job focusing on, on the artistic yeah. <laughs> themes of this movie. Um, that's those are things that, like we like to focus on. Yeah, like it, it was just really well done. Very well um, done. And I think. And I think. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, um, kind of, sort of fast forwarding. Okay, so the subway scene, which is kind of a big mm. catalyst for the whole his whole turn. Uh, these guys. Are harassing a woman in the train mm. and he's uncomfortable so he starts his laughing and uncontrollably and then they take notice and start harassing him and he just starts he, well self-defense in his, in his defense yeah, self-defense, self-defense. Uh, they're kicking his ass on the ground and he, he has the gun with him pulls it out shoots them all but he you know, chases down the third guy like <laughs> that is excessive yeah, well, that was that was that was just messed up. Yeah. He's just walking all slow, like, dude, you're not going nowhere, dude. What was it just occurred to me, and I wonder if they meant to do this, but technically, even up to the last, very last scene in this movie, you know, Joker's actually the hero. He's actually the hero in this movie, right? If you think about it, he represents the under the the underclass, the the broken, all of these these elements, right? And I think that was one of the reasons why at the end all the clowns kind of came and saved him mm-hmm. in the you know because he was almost like this anti-hero. And it, I don't think I've ever seen the Joker portrayed as an anti-hero because the guys on the train clearly you we could have yuppies, re- yeah, clearly yuppies. We could have replaced them with the Central Park Five at some point or some other group that maybe, or maybe that's not, maybe Central Park Five, but some group that goes, um, you know, I'm going to take advantage of the system, you know, and because in the news, the news portrayed them as like these, oh, defenseless guys mm-hmm. who are, oh, they, someone was taken, but they were assholes, they were criminals. I mean, theoretically, Joker was the hero of this movie. He was a he, he. He was the the hero that he was the hero that Gotham needed at the moment. So this is where the muddy waters come in, right? Yeah. yeah. Because 
We are talking about a guy that's homicidal. Crazy, yeah, <laughs> just crazy. Um, and we're calling him a hero, and like this is where that's where people, people start to get are, upset. Are, yeah, starting to get upset, and and it's true. Like at the end of the movie, like he's taken out of the car, and like you almost get this like Jesus Christ complex feeling about you know the people that are following him. So I think it's good that he is a hero of the lower classes, which is commentary that is very relevant right now. And I think that's why people are upset. But it's also it is dangerous. Right, because because I mean, because the other commentary is like, okay, mental health. Like he has a gun, like, but that's a completely different issue. And, and I almost feel like the director and the writers were, were. I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't talked to them, but we're like, actively doing this, right? We are just like we do in, in the media and, and in society, and like we, we we mix these things up so that it's confusing. Yep. When they're separate issues. Right. All right. So we have poverty. Right. We have people that are not happy or sick and poor or whatever right. and we have this upper class that that's one issue right how do we fix that and then we have people who have mental health issues and we have a gun problem in this country that's a separate issue right you could almost see it as the writer slash directors actively saying yeah this is what the film is about separating these issues yep. in real life not in this movie in real life yep so, yeah, I think yeah. there was. I definitely think there was some conscious effort in a lot of ways to kind of do a bit of a parallel to some maybe underlying things that were happening in society currently. And I think I, th- I also think maybe, and I, I while it's in, uh, while it was on purpose. I think it wasn't on purpose. And what I mean by that is I think they saw an opportunity like they, you know, they took what was happening, like a lot of the stories that are, were happening in the news and different sh- things. And they, they used the energy of those stories to kind of or, play off or, or it naturally happened, you know? Like, yeah, it's probably, I mean, yeah. And, but on top of that, like, right, we're, we're not talking about scenes so one thing uh, the person I went to the movie with said to me <laughs> was um, there was a shooting last year where yeah. someone dressed up as a clown in, in a theater. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And yeah. she was like, we're sitting next to some kids. Right. And they're like laughing and, and cheering on Joker. And she's like, I thought, you know, I felt like someone's going to come in here and shoot up. I'm like, yo, first of all, no. Second of all... <laughs> In no situation did they physically take someone right. and like put them in a school shooting or right. in a theater shooting. Yeah, they're so, pretty careful so, about not trying to. Yeah. So, you know, they're not saying those things are okay. Right. And I don't think any of this movie is saying those things are okay. No, I totally think. Yeah, I think that's what people need to understand about this, right? I think you've got to. You can't just watch. You just you can't just watch this film as it's being for what it is you've got to also see for what it's not in a lot you know what I mean because this don't, is don't not project your like <laughs> what you think it is right this is not a an advertisement for uh, being okay. it's okay to be disturbed and violent mm-hmm. I think this was this is simply a story telling about this this specific individual who's fictional by well, the way I think we said that in the start yeah I think okay. we said that yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and 
and how he how how it relates to this mythic figure who we have all come to understand as being the badass of of, of the comic book world, Batman. You know, I mean, that's that that I mean, come on, we that's what this is all about. This is about who has been who's this dude who Batman always gets into angst with all the time his arch nemesis and why why is he why are we supposed to believe that this fictional character is so bad I think that story was told very effectively um so going back to the artistry of the film artistry um, I I thought so post the subway scene where he shoots the three Mm. yuppies Mm -hmm. um the bathroom scene (laughs) he uh he runs away goes into like public bathroom and there was just like what I call like a, a metamorphosis, this dance that he's doing, interpretive dance. Um, and I felt it was, this it was part of the metamorphosis, like the first stage of metamorphosis mm-hmm. into the Joker, like the, mm-hmm. the, the end, you know, end just character. Like a burden had just been lifted off his shoulders, and you know, suddenly he's like, oh. And then, like, even thinking it. about it now, after he does that metamorphosis, he like goes home knocks on the door of his neighbor and like supposedly has sex with her and I think looking back you know when you see that when you have that that reveal clearly he's just gone over the deep end <laughs> into, into madness at that stage so um I just thought of that now so it was actually very cool to think about um that, that particular scene that was a great scene yeah, yeah. And, then he, and then and then later on again right before he goes on the show uh, Murray something but um, he he's doing that dance before going out on stage and like maybe that was the, that was the last metamorphosis that last stage mm. because that's when he just goes absolutely fucking nuts on everybody well it was funny because what was great about it also remember he gets the phone call from the show mm-hmm. and like how calm he was mm-hmm. and, oh yeah sure that'd be great it was just so like wow I mean yeah. That's when you could start seeing the cracks of like of Joker starting to seep through, and just you know this 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 maniacal logic of his to kind of you know gotta be calm. You like this? This is not a big deal. It's just 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 whatever. You know, it's just very fascinating. So I don't know if you noticed this. Um, when his mother uh, has her. She have not a heart attack, a stroke. Stroke, and he gets home, and they're taking him out of the uh, of the building into the into the ambulance. Did you just did you notice? Wouldn't that be a situation where his condition would take over and he would start laughing? Yeah, I noticed that he didn't, and he didn't laugh at all. Well, then he said, doesn't he say he he goes? He's been he was been, always been told that he it was like a an issue, like a medical issue, mm-hmm. but. Maybe that was just people trying to hide who he was and mm-hmm. keep him, you know, being who he was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I was like, hmm, he's suspiciously calm and, and collected for, for, and he's not laughing. Like, you know, like he's now, it's almost like now he controls when he thinks things is funny versus mm-hmm. the uncontrollableness of it before. So. And hmm. actually, something we haven't really gone into, I think we should start talking about is the soundtrack. Yeah. Because the soundtrack is a very uh, big piece of this. Um, so generally speaking, I, I felt like a lot of the songs, like, t- like the uh, opening song, Temptation Rag, 
Mm. Um, and even versions. I I, I want to talk about versions of songs as well because okay. different artists doing songs. Yep. Um, but very um. I don't know circus, <laughs> circus kind of music like like happy happy you know which I mean obviously makes sense, um but then like. You pair that. I think we talked about this with another movie, like pairing light music with dark scenes. Yeah, movie was that? But I forget what movie. Yeah, I remember us talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it was Goodfellas. Goodfellas, right? Yes. So, um, I think they took a little bit <laughs> of that. Um, and of course, you have all these songs with like clown or smile or laughing um, in in the film, which are almost feels like cheating, but <laughs> but fit perfectly. Um, I don't actually remember the song, how it sounds. The moon is a silver dollar, but mm. I remember the scene it was in, and it made me really uncomfortable because <laughs> Arthur is bathing his mother. It was that just weird. Yeah, and they're just like chatting. <laughs> and you have songs like "Slap That Bass," "Fred Astaire," like again, up like all this kind of happy music. All this, what we could, yeah, maybe there's a. Hmm, I wonder if they thought about that. If that was why they did it, like. Because if you think about it, Fred Astaire, Jimmy Durant, Tony Bennett, Etta James, right? All of these are like these American iconic music artists who kind of represented America at its most normal, most American. Did they kind of use that music on purpose as a perverted message to kind of say... We can, you know, all, what you think is normal might not necessarily always be normal. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll probably have to talk more about that when we talk about the song. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, probably. I mean, so you have a song called Smile. Um, and we just mentioned Jimmy Durant's. Now, that's where I get to, like, versioning. Mm-hmm. You have this version of the song, and I I, I, I I know the Nat King Cole version. Yep. Okay, so this guy has, is like, you could probably call him the voice, Nat mm-hmm. King Cole, right? He's got this amazing voice, very smooth, uh, but Jimmy Durant's voice is a little bit rougher, and the way he sings it is kind of like a little more energetic. So your heart is right. breaking. Right, and I think that I I was going to, I love Nat King Cole, so I was like, they should have done Nat King Cole, but now I listened to this, and I put it in terms in context of the movie, and I'm like, can you imagine the feel is a little bit more, you know, like, on the same level. But 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 like if Nat King Cole didn't have this very smooth thing, it might be a little more. Cre- it might be creepier. I don't know. It could have worked, but mm. but I I think I think I think Jimmy worked. Mm. Um, and then uh, oh man, there's another song. Oh, I'm not gonna remember it. Uh, where they also a different version. And then. The random, oh. the random song to me is like after he, uh, when he's, after he kills that big fat dude from, from his company. Oh, uh, the guy who gave him the gun? Yeah. And then lets the, the. Oh, that was, oh my God, that scene was just, so, I felt so bad for that dude. <laughs> he was the, like, Yeah, he's fucking crying and shit. And he lets him, and, and, and then he couldn't open the door because he, like, this is a, what do you call, what's the PC term? Is it still midget? Uh, little people. Little people? Mm-hmm. So he couldn't reach the, the lock. Like, so he had to ask Arthur to open, open the lock. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, nonchalantly, like... I'm sorry, I was thinking, thinking of something, something else. <laughs> this guy's 
eye I just stabbed out of his fucking head. Um, oh my god! But then as he's like leaving on his way to the show, they're playing Rock and Roll Part Two. Yeah. It's like, because <laughs> compared to all the other music in this in this movie, like that was out of the blue. That's a version of a versioning two song. There's a different version of that one as well. But um. I mean, when, think about like when do you ever hear that song? It's only like at, at the football games, and basketball, or yeah, basketball games, you know, when you're celebrating something. So yeah. I feel, yeah, that was definitely on purpose. That was them. He was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I'm free." And then the cops find him right at that point and chase him. That was hilarious. And yeah, that was that was funny. That was that was funny. There, um. And then there, you know, there's a few, like, and then they they put in the movie, uh, you know, a few, what I call, miserable movie staple songs, like anything Joy Division plays in is most likely gonna be like something like Donnie Darko or you know something dark and just, I think it was in um, might have been Pump Up the Volume, like you know. Oh, Jock jams, yeah. <laughs> um, but but then you have like, I feel like this song is actually played a lot in movies. Uh, Cream White Room, yes, White Room. When Joker uh, is arrested, like he's in the he's in the police car. But like, but how do you feel about the usage there? Because like White Room to me is like you know this for crazy people a White Room and like <laughs> that's, that's he's on his way there. Right? Um, and I just love that song anyway. So and people are strange by the doors. Which, was that in there? Yeah, that was in Ugh. there. I love that song. I love the song, but it always like yeah, it's a it's always in one of those movies where you try like anti hero anti hero, anti social people. Mm-hmm. But it's a great song. It's like I love that song. And um Oh, there was another song. Uh, I can't remember what it was. There there this the choices for the the album for this music I thought was um, just again fits their motif of trying to make you feel uncomfortable. Like they they don't they never want you to feel. All right, I'm gonna take a break. To, it's time. Because right. sometimes you get a movie where you have like these lulls of action and suspense and stuff. I felt like this was a rare movie where it kind of just steadily started doing this number and it always kind of up the ante each time with its choice of how it was shot or the music that was chosen or the scenes like the like you know that again going back to the fact that he ends up fantasizing about this girl instead of being real and you know I mean that was I, I did put a note in here about camera angles and I'm not sure I have to watch the film again but I got the distinct impression that when um, when Arthur was unbalanced, like I'm talking about scenes with Arthur, and when mm-hmm. Arthur was unbalanced or unsure of mm-hmm. himself, the the camera angle was a little crooked. I don't know if you saw it in several situations, but then when, not that he was not unbalanced, but when he has has purpose, a little bit more focus, or he's yeah has clarity, mm-hmm. then they like the camera angle was like straight up. Hmm. I gotta watch the movie again. For I that. I need to watch the movie. Again. I I might be lying. But I did notice it in some situations at the very least. Hmm. So that was interesting if that was intentional. 
Hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. So, I mean, this the soundtrack for this was was um, it was it was good. It was really good. Even though, even like the stuff that's not like what you'd call label music, but the stuff that was composed, I thought was just composed like just perfectly like there was just a lot of just this 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 moody like music that just kind of wasn't over the top enough for you to kind of still be focused on the scene itself yeah I mean I, I was about to say like I think the the composition was um, pulled back yeah exactly yeah which was was really nice um, and also like the, the soundtrack breathed yeah. throughout the film. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because um, it's easy to get, a, like, with superhero movies and comic book movies, the music tends to be another character in the movie a yeah. lot of times. I thought that they said, let's not, let's not let this movie be known for the, they, for the soundtrack. They didn't bring like in, that. they didn't bring a John Williams or a Danny Elfman or, you know, it's whoever worked on, like, the Avengers movies, right? right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, that would have completely changed the yeah. feeling. And it's movie. not that kind of right. It's not like you don't have this. You don't have the hero, right? That that music is reserved for the heroes, like right. so. Right. You don't have them in the film, so you don't need the music oh, in the film. Good, that's a good thought, right there. <laughs> I like the fact that they there's like a a universe of music <laughs> that's reserved for the criminals. You know, that's a good. That's that's a that's actually a great thought. Huh. Uh, oh, I, 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 so I had a thought about a song that could have been in this, um, in this soundtrack. It would have to be a different version, just like they did with other songs. But um, I think when they made the reveal mm-hmm. that the neighbor that he wasn't dating that girl, <laughs> they could have done like just my imagination, the oh, Temptations, God. just my imagination. But like, do you think of a spooky version of that song? Just my imagination. Nigga just slowed yeah, down the scene a little bit. Yeah. As he's like... Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like they could have thrown that in there. I mean, it's a little later than the rest of the music. It's a later era. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's, it's actually just different. I think it's around the same era, but I feel like that could have fit they probably in there. Gone, they could have gone... I mean, this movie did have a 70s feel, so I don't think it was specific to what a year. I think you could have done that easily. That would have been, that would have been interesting. Yeah. I mean that, but the, 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 actually, like the reveal that he wasn't dating the neighbor was one of my what the fuck moments. Oh yeah. Um, and actually, my first what the fuck moment is the whole movie. Yeah, that <laughs> it was one big what the, what the fuck. Like I walked out of that theater, like I noticed that when like when I walked out the theater, that theater was dead quiet. <laughs> like people had were like still processing as they're walking out of the theater. It was like one of the first times I was just kind of like. I don't know if I can. I don't know what to think about this. Mm-hmm. This this was this was one of I. Yeah, I have to. I kind of have to see it again. Yeah, I kind of have to see it again because I feel like these one. This is one of those movies where you have to see it at least two or three times because there are things that you'll appreciate more the more times you see it. Although wow. this is also a pretty heavy movie yeah I mean I also had my head in my phone taking notes so I, I have to <laughs> probably have to watch it again but I mean like I, I actually really loved um, going back to Joaquin again mm. um, it 
it's also a what the fuck moment for me, which is his fake laugh. Right? So he's got the... <laughs> I can't even do this. It's just very strange. He, he, he's got like... You notice that every time he's not really finding something funny. Like he... Uh, the fat guy at his, business, his job says something... Insulted the, the, the mm. little person. And, he, and he's like... Ha, 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 and he turns the corner and he stops laughing, right? Uh, he's at, he, The other funny... The actually interesting part was when he was at the stand-up taking notes. Yeah! The other guy was up and he... And, he, and like... He's laughing off of everybody else. Everyone is laughing. He then they stop and, he goes, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, when he finds like, they, I mean, people have their fake laughs. But yeah, that was a creepy. His moment. laugh was just so, like, if I'm standing up on stage and some guy laughs like that when, when everyone else is silent, I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a what the, what the fuck moment. Uh, I got another one. Hmm. He clears out the fridge and goes into the fridge. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I don't know. Like, actually, now that you think say about that, that was probably the one scene that, if I was, if I had to say, um, get rid of scene, that was the only one that, like, it could stay in there. But honestly, I didn't know what it, what it was like. Why, like, <laughs> like he could, yeah. I actually haven't thought about that scene until just now. I, I have to think about it some more. I mean, it fits his random yeah. personality. But that was just like, what? Can you hear this person walking? <laughs> um, mm. So, any uh, favorite quotes in this film? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I had... Do you? Oh, yeah. Like what? Um... I just I'm gonna start at the top. Um, when he tells his mom he's gonna be a comedian, and she goes, "Oh, don't you have to be funny to be a comedian?" The sad thing is that sounds like something my mom would have said to me. Not trying to be mean, but just like out of so, don't you have to be funny? That was kind of fucked up. That's a what the fuck moment. Maybe, 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 maybe that's doing. actually why he killed her. Oh. Oh, he killed. He killed his mom. Yeah. The, um, Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just found, I just kind of found it funny when he's he got uh, he's packing up his shit at the job, and he's leaving, and he just like starts hammering away at the the, the punch the clock the time clock. He's like, I and gotta he's like, punch out. He's like, I forgot to punch out, and he just <laughs> knocks it off the fucking wall. Thought that was great. That was a that was a Joker moment for sure. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like sort of cheesy, but because he's saying it, it's, it's funny. Definitely not cheesy, man. Not no, cheesy. You, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, I love it. Um, <laughs> someone asked him like what are you doing and he goes my mom died I'm celebrating I got a lot of quotes I enjoyed from yeah, this yeah they didn't think that was any they were like oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah that was yeah um, and I, I think they this kind of goes into I guess the, the song of the movie but um, another quote was um, after he kills uh, Murray mm-hmm. and he goes up to the camera like he's, he's making these that's another I want to talk about his, his, his another part of his uh, what Joaquin did for this character but like he's walking around the studio like kind of unsure what to do it looks mm-hmm. like when he's kind of dancing but not really and he uh, comes up to the camera and he's like night," and always remember that's life and it cuts the yeah. TV cuts off he's about to say that's life and it cuts off And but the, the, the song is playing in the background yeah that's I mean Again, another classic Joker moment. Mm-hmm. Like at any moment, you're like, 
Um, and I have another quote, but I'll say it later. Um, so that being said, is is that's life the song of the film? Does it encompass the theme, the message? It's either the that's life or smile. You know what's funny? You yeah. Know, you know what I mean? I I, I don't because I mean because of his fixation with trying to. I mean, he even does it to Bruce Wayne, which mm. I thought was really fucked up. Yeah. But the Batman, think about that when he got older. He mm. goes, that, that dude put his fingers in my mouth. What the fuck? <laughs> um, uh, I think either one probably could have been the theme of this movie. Easily. Yeah, like, I mean, smile has, like, smile, what's the use of crying? Which, yeah, I mean, like, that that line right there is kind of it has to do with his mental illness because mm-hmm. he's uncomfortable sad mad like he probably wants to cry but he laughs instead mm-hmm. it's not controllable like the song suggests but mm. I think yeah I mean I don't have an answer that's gonna yeah. be my answer that's I would have to agree I think with they're that. both good but I think they're both kind of literal and that's and I like to find those hidden gems as you know yeah um, and I actually didn't write down the, our, our usual questions. Uh, I, I <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I was thinking about that today, and I'm like, this might be the one movie. Well, we, I think we no, this could be the one movie where there's nothing Tom Hanks could do to <laughs> in this movie that. Well, could could he be Murray? Uh, like, cause cause Robert De Niro, in my opinion, is a weird choice for this. Yeah, it's true. He and and, and he's like. But I think this was kind of a theme, right? Everyone was in the movie. Like there was no one that was really like nice. <laughs> yeah, there was. Well, the the, the the dude who he let get out the apartment was the only guy nice in his office. To what, okay, it's close as you get. But right, <laughs> like, like even even Bruce Wayne like didn't say much. Yeah. I have no like I he didn't make an impression on me right so he was just kind of there Alfred or the, whatever I guess the Alfred was also a dick Thomas Wayne was a dick Murray was a dick the yeah. girl maybe but she was scared of him and all we really see of her is his imagination so. yeah I was gonna say we we're not even sure what her personality really was because most of the movie was his in his head so that being said Tom Hanks maybe doesn't fit because he can't be a dick. <laughs> he isn't capable of dickdom. Can, can he be a dick? Has he ever been one? I, I, the fact that we have to ask that question. Oh, maybe... No, he wasn't a dick in that movie. He was a dick to Wilson. You know, but. When we kicked him off the boat. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah, I... Yeah, I think Murray probably the only real role that he would kind of yeah, be in and it would be a stretch. Like, he would have to really stretch his muscles on this one. Yeah. So um, it would be like Denzel being in training day. It would have to be that big of a turn for him. Uh, and Tears in Heaven. Would this fit in the soundtrack? I think it could, but it would be, it would uh, be uh, used uh, in a way that maybe we've never seen it intended to be used. It would be used as a dark... Or is it another version of anything where it... Mm-hmm. A 
think so. Someone reimagines a song. Someone like me. Maybe like a, a like a like a like a, a like a like a like a metal version of it. That would have to be in the outro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be completely off the soundtrack feel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my other thing I, I definitely want to mention is um we've already given Joaquin a lot of credit for uh, his performance. Um, but like his body movements, yeah, it was, a lot uh, of his like not just the dancing in the mirror, but like it just it, I thought it did a really great job, and some of it reminded me of Buffalo Bill from oh, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. I kind of got a feel of that, and I think he channeled a little bit of Heath Ledger too. I think he pulled a lot of a few a few different movies. I think Silence of the Lambs is definitely up there. I think he channeled a lot. Heath Ledger in yeah I think he probably also used some of the same source material like Clockwork Orange oh um I think he I think he used Taxi Driver too yeah I think there was some Taxi Driver I think that was one I think he saw De Niro in this movie and said hmm let me look at some of his body of work see what I can do there and that's all cause there's a lot of there's a there's a few different Mean Streets. I mean, there's a few different homages there, and yeah, his body, like his, like I sat there thinking. Would you say American Psycho was in there too? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, um, and, yeah. And, you know what else I think was in there to some degree, and this sounds really messed up, but I think it was. I think there's a little bit of Rain Man in there. I think there's a little bit of. Rain Man in there of, you know, trying to play like this this functional person who's trying to function in life. Um, I think you 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 can't do like because this this was kind of like a complete breakdown of who Joker was. I think you had to. There's a many different characters he had to bring into this. And actually, now that you just kind of said that, I feel like the crazier he got. The more functional he got, mm-hmm. which is a little scary. Yeah, no, he's very scary, which is the whole point. But um, and then uh, so I, I'm gonna throw my last quote I have here that I really liked, which okay. was at the end when he's a uh, he's I guess he's in the sane asylum. He's being interviewed by, and he just keeps on laughing, and she's like, "What's so funny?" And he just goes, "You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it." I, I just <laughs> that could just mean so many things. Like it was just such a great line. I, that might go go down in like history is one of the greatest lines like that you know it's, it's, it's up there it's, it's just so it's just right on it's, it's just it's, so exactly. right on it's like, it's like Joker like Joker would have said that yeah I don't really even get this oh like he's so frustrated that he finds it so funny and you're missing out yeah uh, but like one of the other things is that like do you here's a little quiz for you do you know who has done a shit ton of um you probably know the answer a shit ton of um voice work on animated films. Mark Hamill? Yeah. 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 Alright. Good night, everybody. <laughs> this is the end of the show. Mark Hamill. Which, which like, the cards, I think the animated series and a bunch of, like, the animated He's the best movies. voice of all the all the Joker voices. And, like, you look at him and, like, you see, like, you know Luke Skywalker, like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Completely I, different. There was talk about him being the Riddler on something. I forget what, what movie it is. 
but they chose. Oh, maybe it's the new. Um, I think he's too old for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was way back. This uh, would have been. This would have been before. This would have been the the, the before the reboot with um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have been a great. Wait, it was instead of Jim Carrey, was it that? Might have been. Well, he, you know, he does play the Riddler. He does play the Riddler on um, Gotham. Who? Mark Hamill. Not Gotham. Um, yeah, I'm about to say. Um, one of the WB shows. I forget which one it is. Uh, or is it Toy Master? No, Toy Master. Sorry. He's oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Um, yeah. So I mean, that was another thing. So. <laughs> Someone was complaining about. This is an article that was complaining about. You know, this is not the Joker that you know in some comic. Again, Joker has been reimagined and his origins have been reimagined a billion times. Right. One of the things another article said was like, we don't even know his real name. Like, not Arthur, not even like Jack from the original Batman movie. Right. Because it's supposed to be like left in mystery. Right. Because he that he wants to keep people off kilter. Yeah. Um. So this is just one of those other reimaginings. Like, who's to say this isn't the actual story, right? Well, I mean, it's like Batman. It's like, it's like James Bond. I mean, how many versions of James Bond are we gonna have, right? And everybody has who they think is the best one. I mean, that's obvious. Answer. That's just anyway. Sounds oh, okay. I thought you were gonna give me some Roger Moore nonsense. No. Okay, cool. Anyway, <laughs> but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, so everyone has their like. Until Heath Ledger did did Joker, for me, Cesar Romero was obviously the best Joker. Why? Because that's the one I grew up with, okay. and I did not like. I, I like Jack. I, I like Jack, but he didn't. We're we're gonna be doing Batman at some point. Jack Nicholson soundtrack by Prince. You see that Michael T-shirt Keaton. with the? Have you seen that Joker T-shirt? There's a Joker T-shirt that has basically it spells out Joker. And then each letter has a picture of different Jokers. So it has the Jack Nicholson, has the Heath Ledger. One of, the only one it didn't put in was the last one from um, from Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> They're like, yeah, we don't count him. And actually going back to that point is that um, I've, I just watched the uh, season five of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And I think season four and season, season five heavily uh, mm-hmm. show Joker. Yeah, but a completely different Joker than again yeah. another version. Of this guy. First of all, there's two versions of him. Huh? Because there's okay, twins. I it. There's twins separated at birth. Raised uh, one raised like rich, one raised poor. The poor one eventually goes crazy, becomes Joker, but gets killed. And then, but uses some kind of gas to drive his twin brother crazy, who becomes the next Joker, Jeremiah, something something. So, oh God, there's like. Forget about this being yeah. not the right story, or like you know, it's all over. Complain about that one. Don't complain about this Joker one, the movie, the this Joker and Phoenix one, because this one, this one was. I have to say, the the only thing missing from this movie was him putting on the makeup and fighting Batman. That was really it. I mean, this was about as close to a perfect Joker. So, is like what? Get. What are you rating this out of ten? <sighs> wow, um, I gotta give it like a nine point five. Hmm. I give Joaquin a ten. 
as a as a performer. I thought he was just absolutely nothing, well, just I, no flaws. I totally. Oh, but I gave it a nine. Only reason why I gave it a nine point five is because I, I don't know if I can give it a ten. I'm just. Uh, I, I mean, I don't give it a ten. Um, I will say because I have it in my notes here at the last scene at the Mori at Mori's show when he starts complaining about his life, blah 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 blah. I had a flashback to Gladiator and his role as Commodus and I thought I thought he was super fucking whiny in that movie I love Gladiator but I thought he was super fucking whiny and, and I just had a flashback in that scene so I don't give him a 10 okay because he, he, yeah he just that ugh, so close so close Joaquin um, but the movie I, I'd probably give it a 9 okay throw a 9 up in there uh, it's just so it's just so well done. It I mean, is all really all controversy aside, focusing on the art. Just the art of it. This was as close to a as close as you're gonna get to. This was this was the best comic book hero comic book genre m- movie I've seen since Dark Knight. So and, and don't get I don't count Endgame because it's on the hero side of things to me. It wasn't. It's too light, to me. I'm talking about dark mo- these movies that have a that are based in reality. Well, and you can never really compare any Marvel stuff to DC stuff. No, I think the closest you get from Marvel is probably Winter Soldier. So, but you know, that so uh, we'll see. I will uh, agree good. disagree. The only um, good thing I liked, the one other scene I did like, real quick, was the scene where he shoots Murray. Mm-hmm. He just he shoots him, and he's just like. Just kind of like, you know, finally got that out of the way. <laughs> just a good movie. Oh, very good movie. I'm glad we we got to do this one right up front because it's this is like probably one the one movie where it really. Um, oh, that was the other movie. What's that? The other song. Everybody plays the fool. Oh. Is in this, but it's not that Neville Brothers version. It's another version. It's the original. I guess. I yeah, know. probably. I thought Neville Brothers was the original. What? Well, Neville Brothers did it better. Anyway, moving on. I'm deleting this podcast. We're going to restart from the beginning. Anyway. All right, so uh, what's 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 coming up for you? What's the matter you? I mean, I'm performing on Sunday in the Bronx. The Bronx. A, uh, Ice House. Um, Ice House. So nice, relaxed gig. Ice Hoping to release a song very soon. Oh, really? Segnon. Cool. <laughs> And uh, and then I have a bigger show at the Bitter End, uh, November sixteenth, where I have my friend Amanda performing after me, and hopefully oh. my guitarist with his band after that. So oh, it's wow. gonna be a whole night that I have put together for you, the masses. Wow, that's pretty good. And then I think I'm taking off for the rest of the year to no recharge, to recharge, man, and focus on next year. So cool, cool. Um, all right, well that's cool. Nothing. Nothing new for me. Nothing new for me, except... No, 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 except some, it's the same old thing. Yeah, it is the same old thing, because he's about to break down to you ten things he's got coming up. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to... I went to Comic-Con, which was cool, um, so we'll see what what things transpire from that. I'm working on a new TV show. Um, and uh, as usual, if you're a podcaster and you're looking for a home... Join my new network that will be officially launching probably in November. 
but you can go up to our website now, digthispodcast.com. You'll find the download, the drop the mic, um, the over-under, uh, and at some point, really soon, hopefully, the, in, um, the, the podcast I'm most excited about, which is Endangered Comedy. So I think that's going to be pretty hot. We're just trying to lock down a few different comical stand-up com- comedy guests. So if you're a comedian and you'd like to um, be on the Endangered Comedy podcast, um, go up to our website at digthispodcast.com. And on the homepage, you can send us a Facebook message. All right? That would be it. That's that's the end. That is all. That's uh, it, man. Word. Great. All right. Um, okay. I guess we're in it. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. This was uh, another great podcast. And um, be sure to follow us on Facebook at... The Download Podcast Show. Also on Instagram at The Download Podcast and on Twitter, Download Podcast Show. And also follow Chris at Chris Saunders underscore music on Instagram. And Chris Saunders Music.com. Chris Saunders Music everywhere. Yep. YouTube, Facebook. Yep. Um, we got any sponsors today? Oh, and thank you to Infatuation, of course. And and uh, an anchor. Yeah, infatuation, man. People I, be using that shit all the time. I, I was I, I telling me, so like, oh, I found this place on infatuation. I found some shit on infatuation. I, so. I went out Sunday to a sports bar that I found on infatuation. It was great. We were like, what was it, Memorial Day weekend? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. We went to this fucking bar. Yeah, so. Dope ass thing, found it on infatuation. So. It's really, it's a great resource. So if you're, if you're, you know, if you've got plans or you're trying to make plans and you're looking for somewhere to go, and you don't know how to decide where to go, the infatuation is really super helpful. And you can find them at theinfatuation.com. As usual, I am Darren Jenkins. This is Chris Saunders. And together, this is The Download. Download.